You've all heard the saying, there is no I in team. Well, that's partly correct. But we each bring a unique perspective and experience when working as a team. So it can be viewed as a collective group of eyes that work together to build a team of success. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. With host Dr. Cass Henry. In today's program, we'll uncover the tools of team success in order to achieve winning results. Now, here is Dr. Cass Henry. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. I'm Dr. Cass Henry, and I am so very excited to have you on another hour of our show. Continuing with our last few weeks of the theme of accountability and responsibility as part of building awareness and building consensus around our civic responsibility and stewardship with uh, the example of the AGA Greater Chicago Chapter, we are going to continue the discussion today to explore one of a one of a continuing but highly nuanced topic of cybersecurity and what is at stake when we compromise the security environment of our technology, be it the phone systems that are smartphones these days, be it our work environment, be it our home environment. And one of the things everybody seems to take for granted is life is so easy, everything works automatically. In a technology world, we swipe things, we go into Starbucks and we show our phone to get coffee and so that we never have to take our credit cards out to pay. But with that sophistication comes a super vulnerability. The more sophisticated we are, the higher our vulnerability. And when something gets compromised, then the world as we know comes to a standstill. And then we are not used to going back to pen and paper and remembering things that needs to be done manually. And we get in a panic mode in an organization or in a society, we don't know how to function. And so keeping in mind the exposure and the risks we may be putting upon ourselves, I would like to introduce the topic of cybersecurity and culture of accountability. Accountability is our collective responsibility. And to help me have this conversation is a seasoned technology and cybersecurity professional, Aaron Lewis. And the great thing I have learned about Aaron is that he invests time in not just helping businesses in his professional career, he also trains businesses in how to set up, manage, and maintain a safe information security environment. And then he goes one step further and helps homeless people gain technology skills so that they can transition from homelessness to employment and finding a home and building their lives. So to help me have this conversation of cybersecurity and our collective social responsibility as we build a culture of accountability is Aaron. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Hass. So as we get started with this conversation, Aaron, I want you to take a moment and share with our listeners, as a young person, you're obviously of the millennial generation, what drove you to not just embrace technology, 
because that all the millennials automatically do. But what made you embrace a highly technical technology career? And how have you seen it shape your life compared to the peers who just play on the computer, but they don't embrace a career in technology? Well, I, I think it started for me as uh, I think I've always been uh, interested in computers, but more as more as the gaming mm-hmm. millennial okay. uh, than anything. Uh, but at around 17, I'd say about 17, 18 years old, uh, I received a call from a debt collector. And okay. uh, the debt collector uh, wanted me to uh, pay this bill off that I had never heard of, never understood, couldn't figure mm-hmm. out where it was coming from. Uh, so, you know, asked a few questions and, uh, told him that that simply wasn't me. And I thought that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, about two months later, I got hit with another bill. Mm-hmm. Um, and these bills started coming in, coming in on a pretty consistent basis. Uh, so I contacted, uh, each and every company and I found out that unfortunately, uh, at a very young age, I was the victim of identity theft. Okay, so there was another Aaron Lewis running around with this. Was there was, there was, and one that didn't pay his bills, which left everything, unfortunately, on me. Mm-hmm. Um, as I tried to seek assistance from attorneys, from, from all these people uh, that, that I had at my disposal, I found a couple of things. One was that nobody knew what identity theft was at the time. Nobody okay. had any idea what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was no help because nobody knew what to do. Uh, so when I'm caught in a situation like that, I tend to try to figure out how to help myself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started diving into technology, figuring out how somebody could uh, could take social security number, a date of birth. And uh, it was extremely easy. And uh, as I, I started going through it, and I like to say over the years that things have gotten more secure, mm-hmm. uh, but it's exactly the opposite. It's actually mm-hmm. become far easier nowadays. Because people have become more lax. They've become more lax. Uh, they've become, when I was younger, I was taught that you don't give your social security number or uh, private information to anyone uh, unless you know who they are. Nowadays, you share very personal information with Facebook, with um, mm-hmm. uh, with your your Google Plus, uh, your Instagram. You're sharing mm-hmm. locations, your lives. You're you're in a culture of sharing, without understanding what that sharing means Meet. or what mm-hmm. that could what that could cause later on down the line. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I got caught up. I, okay. I got obsessed with protecting those. Uh, who didn't know how to protect themselves in the beginning. Okay. And uh, as I got further into it and uh, started seeing these cybersecurity attorneys that were popping up in, mm-hmm. in New York State, uh, was an infamous one. Um, but these cybersecurity attorneys wanted fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 to represent a case that they couldn't guarantee. Uh, so instead of approaching it from that point where the damage is already done, you're paying a lot of money to mm-hmm. solve something that, that the damage is already done, yeah. I started approaching it from it uh, from a standpoint of how do I stop the damage from happening in the first place? Mm-hmm. Too late for me. Mm-hmm. I'll constantly be on guard with my credit and everything like that. But it's not too late for everybody else. So mm-hmm. I chose to go more into the understanding the educational portion. Okay. Okay. And so that set the stage for the career you have had. That's fascinating you bring that up because I had my identity stolen, but not from me. Somebody hacked into TransUnion. And they stole everybody's identity. All of a sudden, I found out that I was no longer this South Asian girl in, you know, Northern Illinois. I was some dude in Virginia. 
Well, it's 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 funny you say that. How long mm-hmm. ago did that happen? About eight years ago. But there is. But I'm a finance person, so I knew the process to deal with the financial side of the compromise. So I had to go and file a federal trade commission report, get that number, go to the police station, file an ex- a theft report, except my police station needed me to fill out a form where I had to pick my race and they only had black, white and Hispanic and so they put me as white. So it looked like I was the one who stole my own identity because I'm not a white person, right? So you run into all of these roadblocks, I understand, and so now, even filing my own taxes, I have password protected it. Because that's another thing people do. They steal identity by filing tax as somebody Uh else. And then that triggers all the other pieces to fall into place. That is a very slick move. It is unbelievable. So so just to speak to the TransUnion, uh-huh. or, um, uh, Equifax uh-huh. just got hacked recently too. So uh-huh. there's a whole nother block out there. Um, and it, the situation with them was, was, uh, was a little sloppy. Um, they had basically held on to this information too long, uh-huh. told people about it, Somebody in the process, and and I can give you the information on this separately, but somebody in the process uh, mocking uh, mocking them uh, had set up a fake website uh, that was basically a how could you let this happen website Mm -hmm. in the process of uh, going ahead and telling everybody what website to go to without doing research, they posted on their Twitter for everybody to go to the fake website. So... It, it was it, it was absolutely astonishing how much uh, just just misinformation mm-hmm. and how much bumbling occurred on that. This is people's credits, their lives, their their finances, and, and they just keep messing up. They just mm-hmm. now they've got people going to a fake website. That fake website is collecting the same information they were asking for. So now they're mm-hmm. exposed again. So I, I, I yeah, I can see your frustration there. Yes. So you open up a whole host of conversations there, but I want to hold the thought before we deep dive into those kind of thefts and fishing expeditions and all of those other things that happen. And I want to take a brief moment and ask you, what drew you to join the AGA organization? Because I know you already have a service-oriented mentality and a mindset of giving and growing through service. But what about the AGA that attracted you, if you can share that with us briefly? It's accountability. It's uh, it's mass reach. Uh, what are the biggest things we can do to fight against those who would wrong us and perpetuate this mm-hmm. this identity theft and the theft of information is to get involved with with an organization with the AGA's power, with the AGA's reach. Mm-hmm. The more people you can touch through that, the more people you can network, the more people you can educate, mm-hmm. the more you cut them off at their knees. Um, I hope that one day identity theft won't pay off anymore and therefore people will just back mm-hmm. off. But for now, it's that. AGA shares this accountability mentality of you must be responsible, you must be accountable. Mm-hmm. And um, cybersecurity, we try to explain that to clients all the time. Uh, they don't always get it. Um, mm-hmm. It's always everybody else's fault. Uh, but I do like the accountability aspect. Wonderful. And so as we talk about cybersecurity and accountability side by side, a lot of people have the notion that I have a computer, I have an internet, I have a phone, and everything I do here is personal, nobody can see. And when I delete things, it just disappears. Neither of which is true. No. 
how do we help people understand that in the information superhighway, things live forever? Even karma goes, I mean, you can reap your karma and go on to your next life, but these stuff don't go away. Yeah, the, the, the joke uh, that we say a lot is that uh, that your your Twitter feeds and your embarrassing Facebook posts, Facebook posts will outlast your karma any day. Yes. Um, the basic rule is just understand that uh, when you are on the Internet, everybody is watching. Uh, we live in a country that is uh, that that has the Patriot Act. Uh, mm-hmm. The Patriot Act saves everything. Uh, your telephone company sees everything. Uh, your employer can see everything. And even if it's not your employer, I wouldn't care about any of those because your employer, um, the Patriot Act, uh, things like that, they're in place to keep the company safe, to keep what they're doing. The problem you have is when people that don't belong accessing the information mm-hmm. are the ones accessing the information. I tell everybody, assume everything that you do online can be seen, because in reality it can. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen multiple cases of accounts uh, being stolen. Uh, just recently, a very close friend, a bank account was stolen. Uh, when she gave me her computer uh, to kind of look through to figure out what happened, um, there was a Facebook, there was a keylogger that was linked to Facebook. It was a bingo. Uh, it was kind of like a bingo uh, game. Mm-hmm. that she would play offline. But unfortunately, in the back of it was a keylogger. So as she was playing this game and as she was thinking she was installing some Facebook game, what was happening was all the personal finances and every keystroke she made on that keyboard was being transmitted to an external computer. Yeah. Um, I would never assume anything is safe. Um, I uh, your, your cell phone has an NFC chip. Mm-hmm. Uh, that carries bank account information that allows Starbucks to, to uh, access your phone for payment. Mm-hmm. I would assume if Starbucks can access your phone, so can anybody else. That's a good point. And with that thought, let's go ahead and take our first break. And when we come back, I want to explore into a deeper dive conversation on how many different ways people can get access to our information and how inadvertently we are handing the keys to all of our castles, so to speak. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com. 
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleashed in a Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. You are joining us back on the episode, Cybersecurity and Culture of Accountability. Uh, on the show with me today is Aaron, Aaron Lewis. Aaron, welcome back. Thank you. So as we went for the break, we were going to pick up the conversation on what are the different ways uh, the nefarious uh, actors out there in the cyber world are approaching people to steal information that most people even willingly hand over the keys to. What are the, some of the ways that people are totally unaware of that we need to educate them on? Well, I would say that there's there's uh, two come to mind right away. Um, one is uh, we went to a security con- uh, a security conference. It, uh, it was a couple years back, and it was a conference basically for security professionals to understand mm-hmm how easy it is to get into somebody's computers, um, somebody's computer and somebody's network. So we went with the intention of learning how to be more secure. Uh, And he gave a presentation, uh, it was a great presentation, and uh, towards the end of the presentation, he, uh, and we found out he does this at at, at every event, uh, he went ahead and pulled up a screen and uh, started listing off names on the screen. And he said, is this your name? If this is your name, can you raise your hand? Multiple people had raised their hands. Um, couldn't figure out what was going on, but then he announced that during the right before the security event, he had taken full a handful of infected USB drives and dropped them around the conference. He knew that it was very likely that even a security professional was going to get curious or want to reuse the USB drive. And so he set up a virus to run the minute it was going in with the driver installs. So what he had done was he had shown how a security professional with a massive amount of training has now accidentally infected his computer and given access to password files and, and, and uh, you know, identity information mm-hmm. uh, just because the whole curiosity killed the cat. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you want to know what's on that drive. And if it's a large drive, you want to reuse it, trying to mm-hmm. save money. Uh, so they infected themselves. Um, but I think the most common flaw in the security system and the most uh, the most attacked is people themselves mm-hmm. a computer program we could we could put a patch in we we can catch different things mm-hmm. we can make it stronger I could you know take your network and make sure it's encrypted we could set up a VPN for you what I can't do is 
talk to and patch up the people involved. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes it's us. I, I just recently, again, the woman with the bank account stolen. Mm-hmm. Um, she got a call from a credit card company that said, hey, we want to refinance you. You refinance your credit card, get it down to 0%. Great deal. She went through the conversation, handed over all her information. Unfortunately, on an incoming call? On an incoming call. And that is a big no-no, right? And it is huge because it was not the credit card company. Mm-hmm. It was actually somebody who got her information. Uh, we don't know if it was related to the bank account stealing, mm-hmm. uh, where she had lost $600 from that. But uh, they had left and hung up the phone with every single bit of her data, her account numbers, her social security numbers, her date of birth. Mm-hmm. Um, and now she's getting hit with credit cards again and again. Uh, there are cases of no matter how uh, how strong the security is at the companies you use, uh, it it is very use of vulnerability. It, it is, and at the same time, there's cases where uh, they had an infamous hacker that was getting onto uh, people's uh, people's cell phone accounts. Mm-hmm. What she was doing was she was pretending to be the person's wife with a crying baby in the background. She would wait every time somebody picked up the phone. She had this, uh, uh, She every time she would get a male, she would hang up. Every time she'd get a female, she'd hold on. She'd play the baby recording. She'd say, my husband just left. I need to do this on the phone bill. I need to figure this out. The baby's crying in the background. And it only took her a certain amount of time before she reached somebody who was either A, a single parent, or B, just wanted to hear the baby stop crying and added her to the, to the cell phone account. Well, now this person's got the cell phone account, and the next thing she says is, I need to, you know, I need to go ahead and change the rate, but I don't have the password. Let me reset the password for you. Now this person can log on and all of your financial information is there. Mm-hmm. It's not just the user. It, 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 it rarely is. I mean, there is a demographic that people try to target, uh, which tends to be 60 and up uh, mm-hmm. retirees, the, the people that they think will not be tech savvy, which shockingly, mm-hmm. a lot of them are. Um, but the the others they will attack is, is just the companies you utilize themselves. And that is, um, that's a little bit disturbing when you yeah. spoke of the tax return. Mm-hmm. You know, there's ways, if you know the right information, mm-hmm. you can get uh, the past tax returns of yeah. somebody's, which is huge. Yeah, and, and a good important reminder for everybody is anytime we get an inbound call or an inbound email with phone numbers and information, do not use those as a follow-up. You call them Go back. back to your original documentation, get the phone number, get the email from that original document, and then make the contact, not use the call, voicemail, or the latest email you got, because that is the phishing expedition, right? What I tell everybody all the time is if you get a call from American Express and they say, I want to lower your rates or I want to talk to you about the bill, no problem. Hang up and call the number on the back of your credit card. Mm -hmm. That is guaranteed to be American Express every single Mm -hmm. time. I do not give out any personal information on incoming calls ever. Mm -hmm. Um, And I encourage anybody uh, not Mm -hmm. to do it. Uh, It is very dangerous. You don't know who you're dealing with. Um, And we're now starting to get into a whole area where, uh, you know, people are recording voices and and they're they're doing all these uh, strange things and, multiple phone calls to get uh, different pieces of information. Um, One of the most dangerous scams that are going on right now is uh, basically you get multiple calls from the same uh, bill collector that is collecting information for whatever they're doing. They'll drop random questions in, oh, how's your mother? 
or, you know, oh, I used to have a car like that. What, you know, what was your first car? These are all security questions that are used. And you've got to be very careful when people touch on things like what was your first car? What is your mother's maiden name? Are you married? These are not things that strangers Mm -hmm. need to know. What they're doing with this information is they're signing up with accounts. One of the biggest accounts that's getting hit with this stuff, Credit Karma. Mm -hmm. Credit Karma is a consistent place to get all the information they need to become cash. Mm -hmm. And once you give out those security questions, it's over. There is nothing you can do to take that back. Mm -hmm. I will be on guard for the rest of my life. And unfortunately, the the friend Mm -hmm. that I have that just went through that, who it's very recent, she's having a Mm -hmm. very difficult time. Uh, going through it is still uh, a little jostled by the fact that this will be her life. I know. And it is it is very debilitating to go through that and be exposed to that. And I mean, you're being violated in a very, very real way, which is psychological, which is financial, right? And then you're constantly second guessing everything you do. And so when a technology is this helpful and yet this vulnerable, A, we need to make sure we continue to have these conversations and remind people to be careful, remind people not to just take things that are appearing to be free or just sitting there. That's not for us, right? Sometimes, you know, I can get something for free and that becomes the hook. And other I don't know why, but people are happy to give out their social security number to anybody who asks Technically, we are not required to give our social security number even to a hospital when we go for medical reasons, because there is a healthcare ID number that we use, not the social security number. So people knowing whom to give what, the only place you give social security number is when it is a financial institution that is somehow tied in with your tax filing. Other than that, you don't give it to anybody, You're even when you're face-to-face, right? Correct. Uh, that is not information I would share. Mm-hmm. I would never... I would just never feel comfortable giving that information to anyone, um, especially after experiencing it firsthand. Uh, but I do think it's important to realize that you have to approach this from almost like a gated situation. You have certain things in your life that you have to keep inside your own walled garden, mm-hmm. your computer, uh, your tablets, your phones. These are all things that, that you need to keep inside of your, a bit behind your walls. So it's funny you say that. How many people ask a stranger to take a picture of them while they are posing? Mm-hmm. More and more people are moving towards taking selfies because at least that way your phone is with you. I always worry about some stranger running away with the phone. It's completely realistic. You just unlocked your phone. You, you gave them it absolutely unlocked and if they swipe their finger while they run away mm-hmm. it, it's done mm-hmm. um i i i understand there that there is a portion there that you just you don't want to distrust everybody but this is your personal information mm-hmm. i personally uh, i do have one computer that i do all of my business on um all my finances everything it is a computer that is just used for finances it sits off to the side you can get a Chromebook will do the job. That's where all the finances are done. It is secured. It is only used for that. It is used for nothing else. I have my work laptop for work, school for school. I do not mix because I do not want my finances on there. Yes. Um, It's interesting you say you don't mix school because as a professor, 
I'm constantly inundated with students sending files, Mm -hmm. assignments, and not all my students have clean files coming through. So as I'm downloading to review, give them feedback, downloading for grading, even the university systems that are asking students to upload the files for grading don't have the best of cybersecurity. And so we have to run a screening on every file before we start using it and bringing it into our environment. And people forget that. You have to, so we've created a very interesting culture. Um, We here in the United States have deemed hackers as criminals. Uh, They are criminals, uh, whether you're a black hat uh, or a white hat um, or or, uh, the gray, you are a criminal. Um, Hold that thought with that. Let's go to break, come back and pick up that conversation about the importance of not having that mindset. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's KASHenry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drcasshenry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. You are joining us back on the episode, Cybersecurity and Culture of Accountability. Aaron, so when we went on break, you were going to continue your thoughts, so I'll let you finish. Sure. Um, so what I was saying was we, we have done something, we have made a mistake. 
uh, we have created a culture of uh, distrust amongst hackers, whether they be black hat, white hat, or the gray. Uh, they are definitely seen as crim- criminals. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are they're criminalized, they're looked down upon, they're mocked, they're seen as dangerous. Um, now, the United States uh, is is one of the only places uh, that I know of that on, from a cultural standpoint looks down on them. Uh, Japan, China, they're very much encouraged. And what that's done is that's put us at a massive disadvantage. Mm-hmm. When you find a security hole, you aren't going to want to report it if you're the criminal. So what you're going to do is you're going to stick to where you get props for the work that you've done, or you're going to stick to where you get credit, where you're going to get credit as other hackers. So unfortunately, what you've done is the government is saying it is illegal to be a hacker. It is illegal to break, uh, break this or break into banks. The problem is that if you don't have people breaking into banks, you don't know what the, secure, what the security procedure is. Mm-hmm. China, Japan, they have, they have state-funded programs mm-hmm. that if you can hack a Chase bank, they'll pay you for that security breach. We haven't done that. So, so it's a reward for an innovative way of bringing to light a vulnerability. With stipulations. Mm-hmm. The stipulation is that if you notify them of the vulnerability, you do not publicly share it, and you allow them time to patch it before uh, basically publicizing mm-hmm. this great find, uh, then what happens is you, is you get paid. You get paid. Mm-hmm. Um, Apple uh, tried it, um, and unfortunately, I think they were... A little embarrassed at, at how quick it came through, but they found a ton of security vulnerabilities. Google has done it. Uh, what you need to do in this situation is we have to look at hackers and say, look, this is a program where if you tell us what's going on, uh, we're not going to chastise you. We're not going to put you in jail. We're not going to put you in prison. We're not going to see you as the enemy. Mm-hmm. Right now, the best we can hope for, and I hear it from multiple professors, the best we can hope for is to be five steps behind the bad guy. Because if we don't make them part of the process, we're always going to be chasing them. They have a whole, yeah, absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. people think that, you know, hackers are this group over here that, that, that uh, you know, they're over in this chat room and they're over here. That's simply not true. Hackers have a different community. Mm-hmm. They, have, uh, they have a different internet they don't even use the same internet we do. They do the dark web. You're referring correct. To. Uh, they're they're going to use the dark web. They're not even going to use the the mm-hmm. um, the, the internet that you and I use. Uh, they're going to be creating viruses where it's out of sight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't see them. So your best bet in that situation is stop making them enemies and start making them partners. Bring them out in the light, so that they are not functioning in the darkness. And that that is so important. And when we talk about accountability and we are talking about making things transparent and making everybody inclusive and making it part of the process, AGA believes that in an information economy, um, misusing information or willfully subverting information in a information economy and a democracy should be treason, right? Correct. So it is every person's responsibility to be accountable. It's every person's responsibility to practice mindfulness and be good stewards of our personal information and our devices and our societal and workplace technology. 
Because if we all approach it with the seriousness of protecting our own personal credit, then we can actually create an environment where some of these things naturally stop happening, right? And building on that thought, where do you see uh, us as an HEA making an impact through our Greater Chicago chapter in creating that awareness, building a culture of accountability and responsibility? I think with AGA's reach, they have an advantage that most people don't. I think that we are missing accountability. We we unfortunately sit in a city that does not have a uh, beautiful city, but but there's some um, some not some not so great political things that, mm-hmm. that have happened. Um, and those political things uh, are only known because somebody was willing to speak up, somebody mm-hmm. was willing to stand up, somebody was willing to hold them accountable. Uh, what I like about the AGA is we we have no we have no political agenda. Uh-huh. We're doing this because we want to do it. We yes. have a uh-huh. mixed idea of what's going on. Everybody that joins is from different backgrounds. We have a common purpose, and that purpose is to hold people accountable. Uh-huh. It needs to be done more now than ever. Uh, yes. As we move into a more digital age, mm-hmm. uh, the AGA is going to run into situations where they're going to find, uh, just like the rest of the world does, uh, that digital data starts to fall under different laws than mm-hmm. physical data. And why? Why is that? Mm-hmm. So I definitely want to be along for the ride when the AGA does that. I want to lend my my expertise and I want to see, uh, see this go in, in the best direction possible as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. And we have the ability and an opportunity to bring in students, young people in college, people who are getting engaged in just entering the workforce with all their gaming and all their other experiences. And gamers have a different mindset when they use technology. I am of the older generation. I learned to do computer programming, but I'm not a gamer. So I don't think like a gamer. And hackers think like gamers. There are studies that indicate that a gamer's brain is much, much different mm-hmm. uh, than than a non-gamer's brain. Mm-hmm. Not that they're better or worse, but uh, when a gamer plays a video game, and I do this quite consistently, uh, your brain is trained to look at all the different opportunities that could be gotten depending on the route you take, the boss you mm-hmm. battle, what you're looking for, what's their mm-hmm. weak spot. So it's a three-dimensional game of how do you take advantage of the opportunities to accomplish your end goal. Yeah, and and I think that's why gaming and hacking go together so well um, mm-hmm. is because hacking is the same way. Yeah, looking when, for vulnerabilities. Yeah, when I'm, when I, if I'm a hacker and I'm talking to you on the phone, I'm looking for vulnerabilities. I'm trying to assume what your next step is going to be. And the better I am at assuming much like a gamer is going to do, uh, the better uh, better chance I have of figuring out where your next step is going to be, the better chance I, ha- I have of beating you, of getting that information, of finding that. So I think that uh, the students that we have come in, uh, the, the people who are interning with us, they're going to be excellent sources of information. They are, There's nothing better than getting a set of fresh eyes on a situation because I get to learn from them and they get to learn from me. And that, to me, is so important because when you, just like in the workplace, you have a multi-generational workforce. We still have the baby boomers in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Just the thought of a technology device 
is like having an alien in the office for them. They Yeah, they get hostile. <laughs> and then you go past the millennials and now you have the Gen Zs getting ready to enter the workforce. So we, we have baby boomers, Gen Xs, Gen Ys, millennials. Yes. And the, the Gen Zs behind the millennials. And having all, all of these people in the workforce in our society, everybody is approaching technology differently. Everybody is approaching the very presence of a cell phone differently. It is. It's, it's becoming extremely integrated. And when you have so many different generations in the workforce, it becomes a little difficult. You have those that are pushing that, um, you know, why don't we have things on paper copy? What if there's a computer crash? And you have the new generation coming in. Um, why aren't we just using what, oh, iPad Pros? Why do we have paper at all? That's just silly. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, then why do we have, we have to be in the office to work? Because right. with technology, I can work from home. And it is. It's this whole, um, I'm not a big fan of that. And, and it's because you're creating this disconnected environment uh-huh. uh, where everybody's kind of off on their own. And I'm not a big fan of that. Uh-huh. I think there's there's a purpose of being in an office. Uh, Relationship building is key to accomplishing goals, right? 100%. And when you are in remote teams and you're just a name and a an user ID and it is not one of those things like, well, like at school, you're doing your homework, you're getting a grade, you're moving on. We don't live in an isolated environment in a society. And so we are having the clash of those two worlds. Well, we are because we have more and more people utilizing things like, uh, and again, I use it, so I'm not trying to down talk it, but everything needs to be used uh, for what it was intended for. You have this new generation coming into the workforce who's, who's grown up and, and invested heavily in things like Facebook. Facebook teaches you that your friends are all the people who have you friended on Facebook, not the people you meet in real life. These are people that, that are supposedly a friendship, a relationship, though studies indicate that usually 90% of a person's friend list are people they have never met face to face. And they will never have no. a real human relationship with but that's what we're building. We're telling them, your friends are these people on this list that you have never, ever met. And that's the culture we're creating. We're, you know, sharing pictures through Facebook and Instagram and, and you know, we're reading things on Twitter and it tricks us into thinking we're building relationships and we're not. So, so how does that set us up in a global economy where we are not necessarily always at the cutting edge of all aspects of society? Our young people are competing with young people from other parts of the world. And when our education is not always at the top, when our health care is not always at the top, there are so many. And financially, we always start with debt, whereas everybody else is starting with assets. Their families are supporting them. With one more barrier of lack of human relationships, where does it take us? And how do we... How do we go about course correcting? To me, getting involved with organizations and practicing civic responsibility and bringing in young people into the fold to show them leadership development through service is an important service we need to provide for the young people. I think it leaves us in a dangerous position. To answer your first question, where does it leave us? Extremely dangerous. We Mm -hmm. have less people going to school every single year. Enrollment is down Mm -hmm. because they don't want the debt. Um, Yet in uh, uh, China, Japan, Australia, uh, United Kingdom, these people are able 
to go for little to nothing um, to go ahead and get these educations. So we are complaining that we don't have any security, but we're 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 charging astronomically. Is it cost one hundred million to go to a good school it, to get an undergraduate degree today? I can tell you that that the college that I go to right now, wonderful college, wonderful college, um, but. I have a very big problem with the technology they teach. Uh, most of what I've learned, you ask about uh, what happens when you don't have a social. Mm-hmm. Most of what I've learned, I've learned from other IT professionals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've learned a great deal from school, but very basic. Schools tend to be a little behind uh, because the technology is behind. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to learn from your peers. When your peers start dispersing, you have less people to learn from. I am uh, very... Uh, very frustrated and very disappointed uh, when I walk through, um, you know, in past lives at other jobs. And sometimes uh, in the current position I have now where I say, you know, uh, how did you, how did you figure out how to do this? And the answer is not, I looked it up. It's not, I learned it in school. It's like Googled it. And this what is, this is what it told me to do. It's very disappointing when that's the level we're at, where you'll search something on an internet instead of turning to the person next to you. Mm-hmm. We are and, falling further and further behind in technology. And that is a fascinating reality. And let's take our last break and come back and continue this conversation because I do want it out deep. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. 
to reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. You are joining us on the episode Cybersecurity and Culture of Accountability. Erin, as we went for our final break, we were talking um, about some of the concerns we have in terms of how we are setting ourselves up in a global economy for a face-off for the next generation to come. And as a young person who has his whole professional career ahead of him, right, that's you, where do you see yourself and where do you see the people you are going to be grooming uh, coming and getting placed in terms of our ability to compete in a real global economy? I'm a little concerned. Um, I'm a little concerned. I think that we're losing, we're losing ground to places like Japan, mm-hmm. to China, to places that are a little bit more um, technology driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, we constantly hear about, uh, I mean, over there, they, they basically built their entire culture around technology. It's, it's how they've come up with such amazing technology and we've come up with so very, very little over the past yeah, 10 technology years. Technology is not a task, it's not a subject. It is a part of how they live, but they do it with accountability and Absolutely. having relationships alongside right? their relationships are are tight they have they have this this wonderful relationship with technology and the technology community where everybody's kind of together i think sometimes um at least speaking for me uh we have this idea that you know the the smart kids the geeks were the ones that were kind of like pushed around in high school and nobody liked the jocks them. and the geeks yeah kind of you know there was that whole thing yeah. and as the as everybody grew up and in in the geeks and the computer guys started going into the world, you know, our, our bosses are sometimes those jocks. And there's this, yes. this really uh-huh. strange mentality of, you know, uh, where you just want to keep that that, that those those social steps and you, you want to keep that competition going and it's not healthy. Um, Japan and China know that one of the, one of the first things they need to do, is they need to be technology leaders. They need to treat their, uh, they need to treat their technology workers extremely well. Um, I'm lucky. I work for a company that does treat us amazing, but some companies don't. And when you do that, uh, unfortunately you create a situation where people don't want to be in technology. If people don't want to be in technology, you have no one to innovate and you are consistently Mm -hmm. behind. Um, I am still surprised to this day that you will go and pay $80,000 to $100,000 for a bachelor's degree in cybersecurity. Uh, But you will not, not one single class that you ever take will show you how to hack a computer. You have to learn that on your own. You got to know what the tool is. You got to know how to do it before you know how to solve it. How much of it is that career professionals, career educators have come up the ranks by learning old school, right? Kind of like being an accounting and finance professor. 
Students do not want to learn from career professors because they can't give you solutions to real world problems. They can only tell you what's in the textbook. As an accounting and finance professor, I always joke in my classroom, the books were written for 30 years ago. It's funny that you say that because we have the same problem in technology. Um, You have to remember that uh, the cybersecurity degree has not been around for more than five years. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, so have, people who are teaching it don't know what they know. They mm-hmm. are literally some of them drew the shortest straw and yes. they have to teach the class. Yeah, you're the professor. Teach this class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them are going in. They've never been. They've, they've never hacked a computer. So the students in the classroom know more than the professor. We, on a consistent basis, we will. Um, uh, we will attempt to correct in a very respectful manner. Um, or, you know, we've seen situations where we will have our, our first class, there'll be lecture hall, we have 200 students show up, and the very next time, 10. And the reason is because the instructor, nine times out of 10, is very limited in their knowledge. They've never, you ask them a question about, a, you know, a Linux system. Um, and, and getting into the backdoor of the Linux system. And I, it's very difficult for them to come back with an answer because they're taught what's in the book. There's very few books on cybersecurity. You really kind of have to dive into the deep web. Mm-hmm. You've got you to gotta make hacker friends. You gotta, And to publish books, you have to be an academic. You have to have a PhD. And when these people got PhDs, some of them, they were no computers, right? They Some of them did you know, their research with those microfish guts and you you have to realize that being uh being in the cybersecurity field or being a hacker which is is something that 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 hackers strive for that title mm-hmm. uh some of us like myself are going for my ethical hacking certification others really don't care much about that but hackers are much like magicians mm-hmm. they are not in any way shape or form are they inclined to publish their work so that you can read them mm-hmm. This is not something that they want out because once you know that information, you destroy a whole arsenal of tools. Yes. Uh-huh. So they don't want to publish. So there's no books that you can run to. There's some basics. There's a secret underground community. Correct. Uh-huh. So as we think about the service we want to do and the education we want to do and all of these wonderful things that we are going to do for our community through the HEA and bring people into the fold... If you had one piece of advice in closing, what would you share with our audience? I think my piece of advice, uh, not just for cybersecurity or anything, um, is pretend it was you. Mm-hmm. I, going through life, I like to think if I'm if I'm faced with a situation, uh, would I want somebody to uh, to do what I'm about to do to that other person? Mm-hmm. Would I want somebody to treat me? the way I'm about to treat that other person. Mm -hmm. The golden rule, do unto others as you would have Mm -hmm. done unto you. Treat data, treat security, treat everything that comes across your desk as your own, whether it's yours or not. Yes. Get smart. Understand how to protect yourself. Once you know that, you can understand how to protect other people. Mm -hmm. And if you see something that is not not secure, uh, specifically if it's somebody that doesn't have the background that you have, don't be afraid to say something. Um, I've been in situations where I've seen some things happen that were not quite secure. Um, and, uh, and when I bring it to the person's attention, you would think that they would yell at me, they would scream at me, but mm-hmm. most times they say thank you. Um, 
you know, they uh, thank you for telling me that. Thank you for helping me understand that. Uh, never be afraid to lend a hand and, and let them know okay. what's going mm-hmm. on. And that is very, very good advice. And um, thank you for being on the show, Erin. Thank you for being a part of the AGA and help take this message and this training into the community and build accountability and responsibility across the community we serve because ultimately in order to be good stewards of our government and our businesses, we all need to take this seriously and we all need to be able to have these kind of conversations and bridge that gap we have across the five, six generations that are in the workplace. And I would like to take a moment and remind our audience uh, to email me with any questions, any suggestions, any thoughts they have. You can reach me at drcasshenry at hotmail.com. And if you are interested in finding out more about the AGA Greater Chicago Chapter, um, you can f- uh, find them on Facebook under AGAGC, AGAGC as in AGA Greater Chicago Chapter. And keep in mind their mission and ultimately what they're trying to accomplish is transforming government accountability through collaborative leadership and innovation to build a sustained community of public private university partnership for our shared prosperity. If you are a parent who has students, children in college, or you're a student who's looking for internships and uh, abilities to network and find jobs or understand and learn more about technology, feel free to reach out to AGA Greater Chicago Chapter directly. And as always, as I bring the show to an end, I want all of you to take this information and go out there and start using it to shape your own lives because ultimately the purpose of this show is to help each of you find your balance and get your life just right personally, professionally, and societally. And as you continue with your everyday journey day to day during the course of the week, remember every human interaction is an opportunity for a transformation. So go out there transform lives, and don't forget to start with your own. Thank you for tuning in to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, how to get it just right. Please join Dr. Cass Henry again next Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another edition of the program. We'll see you then.